0: Welcome to another episode of Saying the Tone in your retrospective. Be sure we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth, and joining me today in person, as always, are Lauren.
1: That's not true.
0: And Daniel. Hey. <laughs> that was, yeah. Uh, today we're going to be discussing season five, episode four, which is Tell Banishing Act. The episode aired on October 15th, 1998. Lauren, what was going on that week 23 years ago?
1: Well, first off, this week, today, all three hosts are in the same room recording an STT episode, which has never happened before. Woo! So sorry for the audio. I won't apologize for Art. Um, going back to 1998, first off, we have the 1998 World Series is set as the New York Yankees and San Diego Padres win their respective league championships. Ants marches its way to a second straight box office crown. That's despicable. That's despicable. And The First Night by Monica ends its short run atop the music charts. Come
2: on, the pun is lost on you, Ants marches. Oh, no,
1: it's perfect, but Ants didn't deserve it at all.
2: Okay. No, no. And it's a shame that uh, The First Night by Monica doesn't last as long as Ants does. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, we get a great number one song next week. Spoiler okay. alert. All right. Uh, as far as what else was on that evening, at 8 p.m., Friends with the episode The One Where Phoebe Hates PBS. Turns out Phoebe's a Republican. Who knew? Oh, so, God. Uh, at 8.30 p.m., Jesse with the episode Live Nude Girl. They're really getting desperate for Jesse. They, they need the viewers to bring him in. Uh, at 9 p.m., Frazier with the episode Hot Ticket. And at 9.30 p.m., Veronica's Closet with the episode Veronica's Dog Day Afternoon so does veronica i'm assuming rob's the bank to pay for her gender surgery for her trans lover again you'd have to watch to find out the veronica's closet ever the provocative titles uh this week's episode had 27.8 million viewers tuning in we continue our slide down from 30 million i think they're going to cancel the show pretty soon uh directed by leslie linka glatter doing her fourth out of 13 episodes previous one of hers from last season we talked about was a hole in the heart and written by jack orman doing his fifth out of 28 and his most recent one we talked about was of past regret and future fear
1: and this episode we start with a previously on er that was hotly debated on if it's Jeannie or carol (laughs) uh daniel was convinced it was Jeannie. lizzie and lauren came down on the carol side of things
2: i'm willing to concede that it was carol
1: Okay. And this, this was also bizarre for these notes, because this was our first time all watching ER in the same room.
2: Yeah, but I feel like we should talk about that before yeah. we get too deep. How was that experience for you as the primary notes taker?
1: Um, I really liked it. I feel like um, overall it didn't uh, impact our notes too much, because you you and I are often of the same mind when it comes to things. There are often a lot of things I'll put in the notes that you'll go, oh shit, Lauren already got that. Mm-hmm. So um, I I thought it went really smoothly. You didn't hate us for how much we had to pause. No. Yeah. Yeah. I
2: I find myself pausing at home a lot too, like trying to pick out little details in the background. We got
1: a real good one this one. We got a
2: real good one in the background. I'm excited Um, to talk about that, so.
1: Yeah, our only big delay this time was getting our damn captions to work. But other than that, Lizzie, did you think it it went pretty well? It was pretty yeah, I well?
0: mean it was pretty bog standard for me, you know, because oh. I'm was the mistress of the controller as always.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was really hard though to not talk about the whole episode right after we watched it. We were like, no, we got to save this for Mike. Yeah, because yeah. because each week, previous, like on most of our episodes, we we try to just say, oh, that was neat. Or, oh, that was...
2: Yeah, usually, like, one or two, like, brief thoughts of, like, well, that was a pretty good one this week, or that one sucked, or... Or, whatever. oh,
1: God, beware. But, yeah. so, like, it was really weird to be in the same room and want to immediately dish on what we just watched. So we did the, our best to keep it all in and save it for Mike for you guys.
0: This is also by far the jankiest way we've ever recorded an episode.
2: <laughs> yeah, lots of, uh, This is attempt number, what, three? Yes. Three uh, or four. Trying to get this going? This was
1: solution so. three tonight. Yeah. I might take a picture to post when the episode yeah. goes up. But just
0: the three of us sitting collect. around a campfire.
1: That's exactly what I'm pretty much about. what
0: it is, yeah.
2: if The mic is a campfire.
0: Uh, well, Mark's on a paramedic rig. He's still doing his whatever paramedic shit you want to call. Tim, what what's the... The EMS, EMS coordinator. EMS director. Okay, yeah. But he's, still, he's still slumming it with the paramedics. And they're stuck in a traffic jam when they're on their way to a call. And they hook it to the scene from where the rig is parked and a man crashed into a storefront and there's a dog barking in front of in the front seat guarding the man and was what's the guy's name?
2: The which one? The, 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 the Latino the, man? The other paramedic yeah so we have a new uh, long running paramedic this episode. Uh, ah yes okay Morales uh who's making his first appearance here. He's played by actor Demetrius Navarro uh whose only other big like film credit that I could find was that he made an appearance in the movie Friday. Uh, Hmm. other than that he's making his first of 53 appearances through the end of the show like he he will be with he's a lifer he will be with us through uh the series finale in 2009 nice
0: but uh he has a gun in the rig so you know he's the class (laughs) acts yeah great real helpful yeah but uh mark distracts the dog and uh takes some takes some licks or some bites rather some noms Does not come away unscathed.
1: Again, I thought this was a different storyline with the dog. I thought that this was going to be one where they were, you know, watching the dog while somebody else was taking care of the gentleman. I was wrong. This is the only time we see this dog. That would have
2: been... That happened back in season one. Yeah. Yeah. See, I I
1: live to misremember episodes. So so I thought... I was like, oh, we already had an aggressive Well, but then
2: we're also... We're also... I don't know if it's anytime soon, but we're also coming up on the storyline with Romano's dog. So, like, there's many dog (laughs) storylines to... To come. This
1: I, I thought this was the one from a previous season where it was like, Oh, we're gonna yeah, watch Where, this where Al brings the dog in. Yeah.
2: Uh so yeah, so we go out of that in with more bangs, four for four on bangs this season. We come out of the intro. Uh Carrie is cleaning up dogs or er,
1: Dog's Mark <laughs> Bite. Dog's Mark
2: Bite. Um, cleaning up Mark's dog bite uh, and tells Halle that we need to get him a tetanus booster, and I noted this is the first time we have seen Halle since mid-season four. Welcome oh, back. Yeah. yeah. If you will remember, she is still off. Um, she has a main whatever you want to call it main cast role in another uh tv series over i'm not sure if it's nbc or abc Mm -hmm. i want to say it's abc for some reason
1: one of the three yeah one of the
2: big three networks um and that is probably going to be wrapping up here soon i want to say by early 99 that's canceled and so she'll be back to er full time by then but um we find out that there are two candidates being interviewed today for the chief position carrie and one other Mm. and carrie coyly states that she has decided not to push so hard
1: if it happens it happens
2: Right. Yeah, okay. and I like how Mark is like good idea and then she's like immediately goes back to normal carry mode where she's like well why do you say that
1: what do you mean Hey, like, what do you mean <laughs> uh, but then from there as Mark's getting cleaned up Doug checks on him again that season 5 Doug aesthetic the little porcupine hair black shirt <laughs> just really really just Clooney just gets to come in and whatever he wants one
2: for... foot out the door yeah, exactly. that was in his contract I get to come into work wearing whatever I
1: want yep no scrubs Huh. Um, and we find out that he's not working today he's just getting set up for tomorrow because the peds clinic opens tomorrow and he has color coordinated charts and I think he says something along the lines of let no one say I am not organized or something like that and it's just it's a very cute little moment
0: but... and then uh, our favorite nurse practitioner Lynette is uh, back and she's working on a 19 year old that doesn't know how to use condoms great yep sex education in America folks
1: Hasn't improved in 23 years. Okay, <laughs> That's it, yeah. I have to ask. Yep.
0: Health class. Yep. Mm-hmm, in high school. Yep. Did you guys do the banana with the condom?
1: Did, did we get to do it ourselves, you mean? Um, yeah.
0: No. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think there was a the hands-on portion. Because we didn't even get a banana with a condom. Really? We got the semi-abstinence. Oh. Because I was in the heavy Republican <laughs> suffer. And <laughs> they were like,
2: just don't.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah. We, we got abstinence is encouraged, but if you're going to, these are the important things to know.
0: Yeah, we the our person basically held up just a packaged condom and was like, this is a condom. It goes over the penis. And this is a diaphragm. Yeah women it goes in a woman's vagina
2: <laughs> we had a guy i think this was like seventh grade year we mm-hmm. had a guy who was like super he was sort of like a. he had like youth youth pastor oh. energy oh, where God. he was like i'm gonna rap with the kids and i'm gonna like go out of that." but he wasn't that bad like he wasn't that cheesy like he did actually he could relate to kids on a certain mm-hmm. level and he would he went a lot further with a lot of the descriptions and like he It was probably one of the more comprehensive like sex education things A kid my age would have gotten right and then it was like very quickly after that that he was gone and we got we were we were back to the football coach and the football coach was like yeah just don't touch your wiener don't think about it like just like it was very much the abstinence like just don't see
0: our health teacher we're pretty sure she was a closet lesbian but we never were able to confirm such a thing but she was i don't know the other thing she was very weird Mm.
1: the other thing i'm not sure of because this is something that like i remember in so many like teen sitcoms and stuff was the banana so i don't remember if i ever actually witnessed it in health class or if i just saw so many like teen dramas yeah. like dick yeah. Rossi. i
2: know i'm starting to wonder too if it was like
0: an implanted memory i right. was actually disappointed that we didn't get it because i was looking forward to to uh, to it right. as part of our
1: right because <laughs> you get class. to giggle at him exactly condom going on a banana yeah but what happens regarding that?
0: Oh, uh, we find out uh, Carol is three days late, so, you know, casually. <laughs> I love his, like,
2: panicked reaction to
1: that. Well, It's
0: like, you're, you're usually a machine. <laughs>
1: yeah, because he goes, he goes, oh, well, you know, you should teach her how to use a diaphragm. Those work pretty, pretty non-fail, and Carol's like, uh, tell that to mine. I'm three days late.
2: I know, and he does the quick Clooney take of, like, wait, what? And oh. she's, like, already gone? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Then we go over to Randy. She compliments Carrie on her power
0: suit. Uh, saying that she nailed the Cosmo look. Apparently, it's a sh- uh, look exa- down to the accessories. Yes. Straight out of Cosmopolitan magazine. So, good job, Carrie.
1: And Carrie is then completely like, no, I didn't. <clears throat> That's not where I got this from. But then Lizzie is starting her first day as an intern. And we get to see baby Reese, and he finally has his hearing aid. But we also learn, because she and Benton are in the elevator together, that Benton has not told everyone about Reese being deaf. Not because he's ashamed, but just because it's personal, and he doesn't want sympathy from everyone. That's right.
2: Totally not ashamed of it. Not at all in denial. He's he's fine. Everything's fine. Stop asking. Uh, if we go from there, we get our first real patient of the episode, a guy named Jeff Witcher, a 38-year-old magician who inhaled flash powder. Uh, Lucy is giving the H&P to Carter. Uh, Carter demonstrates for her how to do the blood gas that becomes important later so keep that in the back of your mind and our magician here jeff is played by actor slash stuntman jim bentley who did a voice in the game red dead redemption as well as appeared in the movie the aviator and he's an actual magician and as i said a stuntman that's primarily what his his uh, trade is i suppose
1: Carolyn Duggar discussing her being late while they're tucked away in the pharmacy closet, the best spot for secret discussions in the ER.
0: Yeah, that pharmacy closet that has tons of holes in the window.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, notoriously private space. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And she just says, I'm not pregnant. I don't feel it.
2: Which is a weird thing to say.
1: But it's, yeah, because he's like, should I get tests? Should blah, 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 blah. And it's like, A, she's only three days late. It might be a little too early back with, you know, 1998 technology. Because mm-hmm. I know tests got more accurate. Closer to inception as time went. Conception, not inception. <laughs> closer to <Wow>. con-
2: <laughs> the <sound>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They'd make that noise if it was positive. Um no, but they they started to get closer um from conception to when they would test positive compared to when it used to be. So it may be that tests just aren't that accurate yet comparatively.
0: See, now you said that, now I'm just picturing like a, a woman like just doing, like, yoga or something, (laughs) like, rolling around, and the baby, like, Joseph (laughs) Gordon-Levitt.
2: Oh, God. Oh, boy.
1: And then a little boy comes in in syncope. They say he did not have a seizure or anything. Uh, They need to use the peds ER room a day early to keep an eye on him, so Carter tells Lucy to take the body being stored in that room down to the morgue, and there is a joke about this gentleman having his ding-dong pierced. Yeah, I feel
2: like we should address this now, like, because yeah, you, because Jake, friend of the show, Jake terrell <laughs> Um is he really though? He, he wrote a, you know, as you heard on last week's episode, a two-page dissertation on why Season 5, Episode 3 was the worst episode ever made and was an affront to God. Uh, can we talk about how Season 5, Episode 4 is actually stupider and worse? Like, oh. <laughs> There
1: are so many gags in this episode. Yes,
2: this is the, like, this episode is so wackety-schmackety. Like, we've got, you know, a guy with his dick pierced, and we have a magician, and later in the episode, we are going to have the living embodiment of, hey, I'm walking to (laughs) you. Like, (laughs) I just, like, season five, episode four, at least up to this point, is much, I think, sillier and dumber. And
1: off the rails. Yeah,
2: like, last week's had certainly, like, some silly moments in it, like particularly the Benton thing with the bomb. That was unquestionably a kind of a silly, dumb moment. But overall, I mean, I thought it was a pretty benign episode. Yeah. But this one, I felt like I got to the end of it and I was like, "How did I scrub so much of what happens in this episode from my brain?" So I don't know. I remember the guy having his junk. I remember because
0: I remember Lucy being lost because because as soon as I watched the like the first you watched the pilot of Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. and they do the exact same thing. Really, where except uh, Doctor Gray cannot find uh, where radiology is, and okay. she's so he's just wandering all around the hospital with this patient. Yeah, but this it doesn't necessarily involve a guy, a dead guy with. But someone, get, but someone getting lost, and yeah. I got you. It just reminded me, I've watched too much Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I stalled out though. I'm back. I'm, I'm back on Law and Order. Anyway, Corday is coming in. She's a. Oh, you! She's Dale's intern. Uh, Daniel loves this fact,
2: and <laughs> just it's such a bummer every time he pops up. I, hate I know, him. I know, I know.
0: But uh, Dale's gonna push her around like a normal intern because she's his only intern. So, which she thought this was more of a formality, like, "Oh yeah, I'm a intern," air quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not like actually like a real internship, but no, Dale. To Dale's understanding, he's he's giving her the full the full intern treatment. So welcome in Carter version two. <laughs> um, but the cinematography of her walking around in this scene and what and him walking her through the responsibilities just lightning quick. Yeah, I feel like you need. But bo- I didn't pull the audio for this because I feel like you need both because mm-hmm. you need so much of. Corday's facial expressions to really make this scene right. as good as it is. And yeah, apparently interns wear short coats too. Which is such a fucking Dale thing to yeah, pull. It is.
2: it is. And I will say like as much as I hate Dale and as much as I'm bummed out every time he shows up, from a storytelling perspective and from a writing perspective I am very glad that they chose to go this route with him because I think there's no quicker, easier way to sympathize with Corday in the current predicament that she finds herself in Than to stick her with such an unrepentant asshole like Dale, yeah, like (laughs) Like it would have been
0: like I feel like if they would have if they weren't already starting to wind down her and Benton, they would have made her Benton's intern. Right, that
1: would have been miserable. Yeah, yeah,
0: and
2: I feel like well, yeah, I guess because there's so much real life animosity behind that, there would have also it would have I don't know how well that would have translated to the audience, but I feel like it could have been a fun story to tell immediately post breakup of yeah. Betton and Corday. That could have been a fun way to go. But again, it was such a kind of messy, uncomfortable
1: situation like, for I
0: think it's just all the people. I think it's just all the, the behind the scenes stuff really yeah.
1: just I, made a
2: dale. Better to have a clean break. I yeah.
1: think if there hadn't been that behind the scenes animosity, it would have been so interesting to have romano put her with benton almost as punishment for them having been together or maybe, or maybe
2: as a way to try to break them up if it's yeah. pre-breakup yeah. like that could have been yeah there, i think there's lots of fertile but like you said the outside stuff makes that almost impossible
0: what if er edition <laughs>
1: oh, that's what the fanfiction's worth.
2: there we go don't tease more patreon content we can't yeah,
0: patreon.com slash sign the tone podcast for lauren's dulcet tones and uh, Fanfiction. whose fix are those
2: yeah we already got it we we're we're sold. All right. So we go from there. Uh, Lucy's taking the body down to the morgue in the elevator. Uh, gets out to help a guy up, an older gentleman. And uh, as she she has to go just far enough that she can't hold the door open. And so the elevator door shuts without her. Uh, and our old guy here, which we don't really get a good, uh, firm look at here. We'll get him into the next scene uh, in just a moment. But uh, he is played by a definite oh, hey, it's that guy for me, uh, Patrick Crenshaw, mm-hmm. uh, who most famously appeared in the movie Old School. Yep where will ferrell famously shouts at his funeral you're my boy blue Um uh, love love that man so much uh he was also in the movie nothing to lose and the Hudsucker proxy uh, and he passed away in 2005 bummer so then we go from there we get our first uh trauma victim of the episode down in trauma one a young gentleman by the name of Bo and lauren
1: whose films are those
2: there it is uh, and if he's not cooperating with the cops' questions, because uh, don't talk to the cops, gang. Yeah. Just keep your mouth shut. There's some advice straight from the mouth of J.T.L. Esquire. That's right. Where's my lawyer? That's the only thing you should say to the cops. Uh, we then go back to check in on Lucy and the old guy, and she's now waiting with the old guy for the elevator to retrieve the corpse. And he's uh, bitching about how slow the elevator is. And when the elevator doors open, gasp, the body is gone.
0: It's a ghost. Done on us. A- and um, then we go back to the ER. Mark is getting off the phone with some of the moms <laughs> from Rachel's slumber party. Uh, apparently, showed the Baz Lerman classic Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> oh man, I love that movie. I'm I'm overdue for a rewatch. It's such I need I need to get high.
2: And... You know what? Watch that movie.
1: That's also a, that's also a John Lynch feature. I, say, I
2: watched that in ninth grade English class, and we. Okay, had
1: why are the moms so upset about this? I feel. I, yeah,
2: I know. I'm trying to rack my brain too. Like, there's I don't. I mean, there's obviously there's guns and stuff. So I mean, maybe if you're a real suburban mom, like if you're real upset about stuff like that, that might upset you. But like, hey, no, don't, don't titties or anything. Like, yeah, what's exactly. that? I just Don't know what they're upset about. There's no like huge graphic. It's, blood it's
1: scene. not like he showed Titanic
2: yeah like titanic you know i feel like that might have uh, i mean a little bit more it's still it's they really
0: just don't like marcush marcushio in the dress and big big buff black man in the dress for the
2: I party yes i don't yeah i don't i don't get that one
0: yeah they just only like bite they don't like people who bite their thumbs at other people they're uh, gratuitous
2: use of hawaiian shirts yeah it's very yes, yes! To there it, it is
0: there it is boom uh, but that doesn't matter because uh, Corday is down in the ER. Mark asks her to do a consult, and she has to explain that she's an intern and cannot help.
1: Uh, you so love the system. But he drags her over to Mister Darcy anyway to examine, and she takes she starts to take a quick look. At which point, Dale pushes her out of the way. He shows up just in time to be an asshole. Yikes! And he tells Corday to go sit on her labs so radiology gets them done.
2: Yes, and uh, Mister Darcy is a. Uh, blood clot patient is that or suspected blood clot he's got Something some calf pain like yeah, at literally. rest that kind of thing and mr darcy has what is perhaps my favorite actor name of anyone <laughs> who ever had i like squealed with delight when i did my notes the other night when we watched this because mr darcy here is played by the venerable clement von frankenstein and I'm choosing Ooh. to pronounce it that Ooh, you way.
1: Did, you even did the Frankenstein. I'm, I'm did, choosing mm-hmm. to
2: pronounce it that way. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, he appeared in stuff like uh, The American President and one of my favorite uh, silly, stupid movies of the last decade, uh, Take Me Home Tonight with Topher Grace. Uh, and he unfortunately passed away in 2019. Aww. So he's Clement von Frankenstein dead. I don't know. I, was, I tried <laughs> to come up with a pun for his name and it didn't work. Clement oh. von Franken dead. Yeah, there you go. Stop right. it. <laughs> <laughs> so we go from there lucy is still uh, on the hunt for this missing body uh carter finds her and tells her to work up a guy with vertigo uh and a as before she can go do that a guy shows up at the counter looking just like the missing dead guy her uh, face is so good it is very good yeah i, I would say of all the silliness in this episode that one is the one I think that works yeah, the best. the missing like, dead guy. But but not even all the elements of it, because it's literally just Lucy and this guy yeah. that work really well together. Um, But he is here. This is obviously our, our deceased patient's twin brother, presumably, because mm-hmm. he looks exactly like him. And it's the same actor playing both yeah. the dead guy and this guy. You'll notice that they're never actually on camera at the same time. But uh, our dead guy and brother here is played by actor Frank Ross. That's Frank with a C. Never, mm. never seen a Frank with a C before. Uh, but he appeared in stuff like TV series Better Call Saul as well as Breaking Bad. And I was not able to identify the character by the name. Like, it was mm-hmm. not anybody that jumped out to me. Um, he's got kind of a distinctive face, mm-hmm. especially when his hair is not all biker like it is in this episode, mm-hmm. where he's really got the long hair. Um, but he didn't immediately jump out to me as anybody memorable. But he must be, because he's in both Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Um, he was also in TV series Deadwood and Firefly. So he's got kind of a pretty expansive I've,
1: I've been wanting to check out Deadwood Have you guys watched it
2: I hear good things I've never yeah. seen a single episode of it.
1: listeners should I add it to my list of 80 other things that I need to watch should Deadwood be on my list go
2: to bat for for Deadwood
1: speaking of which today while we were out adventuring I picked up seasons one and two of Murder She Wrote on DVD I was real proud of that um it's
0: it? uh this gentleman he is the proprietor of the vom of a pest company
2: Oh yes, you're right. Okay, now all right. Let me see. Yes, that guy. That's why I didn't recognize. An ad
1: popped it. up right as I was oh. gonna look.
2: That's why I didn't.
1: Oh yeah. That. Okay. Totally. That, okay. Um. But then we have Doug goes in to check on Dana from last episode. She was the one who's getting the leg amputation for cancerous cells, and she's getting her amputation done today. And dad, her dad comes in to kick Doug out pretty passive-aggressively, going, I think Dr. Romano can take it from here. Ugh. Ugh, get out, Doug. She's not your patient anymore. Bye.
2: Doug takes it pretty well, at, at yeah. least in the moment. Like, but, obviously he goes and w- ruins that. But. but
1: there is one thing to notice. they talk about her pain levels while Doug is in there, and that's going to come back. Yeah. She says she doesn't want pain medication because she only has a few hours left with the leg anyway. Ugh.
0: Can't even imagine... Yeah. Anyway, on a sillier note, uh, Lucy comes down to the morgue, and the transport <laughs> guy is just just walking casu- walk here. Just yeah, just casually playing Tomb Raider, and who is the living embodiment of I'm walking here?
1: I want to make one note. I was wrong. She's not down in the morgue. She is down in like the transport office because uh, calls the morgue. Ah, uh, okay,
2: okay, yeah. Uh, but our transport guy here is played by actor Jeff Cahill, who appeared in movies like The Blues Brothers, The Shadow, and the TV series NYPD Blue. And he is making his astonishing first of four appearances. How have I completely Mandela-affected this character out of my brain? Like, I don't I don't remember him at all. When he popped up in this episode, I was like, what, what the fuck is this guy? And then I saw in IMDb that he pops up three more times after this. Like, yeah, I he's like such a caricature like he gets
0: he's, he gets so annoyed when the phone rings and he's just like eh, what?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah it's just i i do love the, the little joke that they play on lucy though that is really fucking funny yeah
2: but like i so here's my question like because we obviously we have jerry we have we have characters whose purpose in the show is to provide levity and things like and of that of course do we think that this obviously this character didn't work because they didn't keep bringing him back? But like, is there room for a character like this? Maybe not to this cartoonish degree, but like, is there room for a character like this in a show that already has a Jerry?
0: I think, I think you you could have made the argument that he could have been here when Jerry's gone. Yeah, because we are losing Jerry towards spoiler, alert, we're losing Jerry towards Ooh, the end of the season for, gonna be uh, for a
2: hot minute. That's going to be rough.
0: Yeah, um, we're going
2: to make way for Frank. Gotta make my Yay.
1: Different.
2: Yeah. Friend of the show. Both friends of the show. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like he did, he does feel a little, at this moment in time, he feels a little redundant to Jerry and almost makes Jerry look worse in comparison. You know, like he's like, he's bumbling and stupid and cartoonish to a degree that. But it, it, it's like Jerry could do this much better. It,
1: yeah, it's too much.
2: Yeah. It's a different kind because this guy
0: is. I don't know if he's more, I think he's more incompetent than Jerry.
2: Oh, for sure. And he's more willfully incompetent. Yeah. Jerry's always trying his best. He just fucks up. Yeah, this day. guy is like, I'm, this guy's like, I don't know, half an hour. Yeah, this guy just doesn't want to be bothered. He'd rather play Tomb Raider.
1: Yeah,
0: time. which apparently is the Tomb Raider statue on his desk. I didn't catch that, but yep. Lauren did. Yep. And uh, tells Lucy that apparently someone stuffed some fat stiff in a closet in the ICU.
1: So they have found him.
0: Theoretically. Theoretically.
1: Uh, but then we go back to Carol is taking care of Bo, our stabbing victim, and she wants to stitch him up and take care of him but he is in a rush to get out of here. Presumably to get back at the guy who stabbed him. Ooh. And so Carol asks Lynette to get a hold of Bo's mom to which Lynette's like, but he's 18. Carol's like, call his mom anyway. We gotta <laughs> we gotta do something about this. And as this is all going on there's also a little moment between, I believe it's uh, Mark and Jeannie in here too, I think, but there's a really good one-shot as mm-hmm. they go between Carol and Bo to Carol and Lynette to some other immediate interaction there. I believe like I said, I believe it's Mark and Jeannie. I forgot to write it down, but just very nice one shot where we were like, wow, they haven't cut yet.
2: Yeah, yeah, this was one that we yeah. all kind of remarked on at once. We were like, have they cut the camera yet? No. And it was like a solid like at least a minute.
1: Yeah, like back out of trauma. Longer. Back out of trauma one, scope in that hall around trauma one, and then like get close to trauma too. And I don't think the cut happens until after they've gone into trauma too. Yeah. So it's just very nicely done.
2: Yeah. Uh, but we go from there into Jeannie's big patient for the episode, Mr. Lipson, uh, loss of consciousness. Uh, we discover that he had a new liver or he received a liver transplant uh, two years ago. Uh, so Jeannie's examining him here. This is going to be kind of Jeannie's central patient for the episode um and mr lipson here is played by actor uh, richard Gant, who appeared in stuff like the movie norbit uh the i forget which installment of the friday the 13th series this one is i want to say it's part eight but i could be completely wrong about that jason goes to hell um it's somewhere in the six to eight range i think um, he also appeared in the movie bean and the big lebowski he is our high water oh hey that guy for this episode with 140 credits to his name
1: so a woman comes in speaking Spanish and talking just out of the blue to Jeannie, no no context to who this woman is, she just starts talking at Jeannie, and this woman takes her back to the uh, peds exam room where that little boy came in earlier with syncope, and she tries to give a social security card for his treatment, but it's kind of just implied that it's really her like sister's or like, cousin's yeah. card that's there with her. And Jeannie's like, no, we, we we treat everybody. This is a county hospital. We we take everybody. Like you don't, he's not gonna get in trouble. You don't have to worry about being quote legal. I hate the term legal or illegal because yeah. it's not. People can't be legal or illegal.
2: Undocumented.
1: Undocumented.
2: They do yes. use that term in the episode several times.
1: What like, legal? Illegal. Yeah. yeah. Legal so. Illegal. So um. But yeah, Jeannie reassures this woman. We will take care of him. This is a county hospital. Also, we'll come back to bite her in the ass. Yeah. Oops.
0: Uh, but Lucy and the transport gang find the body in the closet, but it's not the guy she's looking for. Because the guy they found is black.
1: Oh, no. Wah, wah. So, which makes me wonder, who's looking for this corpse? Is there yeah, yeah,
0: that's, that's never really followed up on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Doug and Romano are getting ready for Dana's surgery, and Shirley pops in with no mask. To ask uh, Robert about something uh, contaminating everyone
2: with COVID-19 and the show though <laughs> I am glad that you pointed that out, though, because I thought about that as I was watching, too. I was like, should she have a mask on? Because they've done it before yeah, where somebody's sure. popped in and they're holding a mask yeah. over the face.
0: I think that's typically when you see surgeons on shows. Yeah. It's typically the, the procedure. Yeah. Um, but they're talking about the different pain management options for... Dana and uh Robert says, uh one night one night course does not a pain management specialist make. Fuck you. Um But Doug is worried that Dana isn't ready to lose the leg and Romano is pissed that Doug is trying to delay the procedure and then Dale says his new intern will get the hang of it. I don't know where that comes
1: he's from. He's just
2: there just talking about it and like, nah, and he's, he's just little... relishing the opportunity he's... to dangle this over her head there's you just a lot that. of stuff that comes out of nowhere in this episode yeah yeah and i would also like to point out too that uh, i think she didn't know that she was referring to this specific episode at the time but i think that uh dinah linney who plays shirley i think she brought this up on because you know she was talking about what a strange experience it is being on the show but not being one of the central characters mm-hmm. that was kind of the thesis of her entire interview and she said you know when people would find out that she was on the show you know they would always want to say like you know oh like you know so you worked with george clooney what was that like and she was like honest to god i think i met him once Right. and that was probably in this scene because yeah. i think this is the only time that you will ever see george and shirley on the screen at the same time like i don't think that because obviously you know clooney didn't have many opportunities to go up to the or for anything right and shirley never had any opportunities to go down to the er for anything so they rarely yeah. ever crossed paths so i think this is probably and if you're listening to this now Uh, that's the latest interview up on the Patreon, so go listen to that.
0: And or should be in the free feed soon.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, then we find out Bo is trying to bail. He is done being in here. Lynette tries to hold him back, and she goes to get the right instrument to take out his IV so he doesn't, like, bleed all over the ER. And Carol is calling down Psych, and Lynette says she's going to sedate him with Versed to keep him here. Which Carol responds, that's unethical, you can't restrain someone with drugs, and Carol goes to have a talk with him until security shows up, and he's pissed that she called his mom. Oof. There's a lot happening here,
2: right? Like, I feel like there's a lot to unpack here. Like, how do we feel? This is obviously a very complex ethical issue. Yeah. Here, don't I
1: mean, don't do it.
2: Don't don't sedate people with drugs against. Uh, yeah, no, that's against yeah. their wishes. I mean, don't get me wrong; Bursette's a good time, but... <laughs> but don't do it. But at the same time, though, I mean, I understand where. They're coming from, even though Carol's not on board with it at this moment. Like I understand where they're coming from because the kids basically already said, "Once I leave here, I'm going to go take care of this. take care of this." So I, it's like a, I don't know, it's a dilemma.
1: Yeah, but don't do it.
0: Yeah. Uh, but then we're gonna go back up to the OR uh, for our first audio clip of the episode. Finally, there's this. This has been a very chaotic episode up to this point in terms of like cuts and stuff. So, um. But we're back up to the surgical floor. Benton and Romano are doing a procedure with uh, Dale and his brand new intern.
1: Pay mm. hey, attention, Dale. Peter is one of the fastest
2: colon dissectors around now that Lizzie's gun's in the holster for a while. All right. We've got an open abdomen, people. Let's turn up the heat, please. Elizabeth, would you retract the descending colon while I free up the peritoneal reflection?
1: My pleasure. Uh, actually, Dale, why don't you
0: retract
2: and bovie and give Lizzie the sucker? Right lizzie suck out this oozing area would you if you don't mind i've never cared for being called lizzie really dr romano calls you that all the time dale what structure am i dissecting uh ilioinguinal nerve elizabeth would you help him out please
0: owing to the slight
1: peristalsis it's obviously the left ureter.
2: gotta get a little faster with that suction lizzie Okay, I freed the sigmoid. Elizabeth, would you come over here and ligate the proximal side while I clamp the vessels from below, please? Certainly. Dale, move over and start irrigating. I prefer Dale do any ligating. Just as soon as we finish the mesenteric vessels.
0: Sorry to bother you, Dr. Romano. Dr. Green is calling again.
2: Oops, Lizzie, I think you just contaminated yourself.
0: I did not. Better be safe. Change gowns. I didn't contaminate myself. I saw it. She's queen. Thank you. So don't pick on her. Lizzie, scrub out and go pacify Green, would you? Can't catch a break, can she?
2: How dirty does she get done in this scene? Like, fuck Dale.
0: Seriously. Fuck Dale,
2: fuck Romano for like kinda having her back, but then immediately pulling the rug out from under her afterwards? Like, it's just it's a bad look for all involved.
1: Benton is the only one showing her any respect in there.
0: How do how do we think Romano feels about her like sneaking her way back in and staying in the program <laughs>
2: yeah i don't know like because he did sort of like extend that little like mm, maybe i would keep you around but the money's gone kind of thing but i don't know if that was intended to be uh like a a spite thing like you know he never oh
1: uh, yeah
2: you know so like yeah it, it's hard to tell where his head's at, at at this particular particular moment and it's such a like vindictive little shit move from dale that's like oh i saw you contaminate yours like he's just making shit up at this point yeah just to get her out of the room because he knows that she's better than him
0: so yeah of course
2: it's yeah and dale is nothing if not a slimy prick who will climb
0: the ladder by any means necessary and it never really changes you know no. that? like
2: he'll be around forever and that just never really gets any better then we go back down we see carrie calling out doug for how much effort he's putting in on the pdr because carrie cannot let doug have anything in nope. his life no nice things Mark shows up with the other candidate for the chief position, wearing a similar outfit to Carrie, which she is immediately super self conscious about. Yeah, I mean to be fair, I would be too. I mean, it is it's a power suit. Like both of them are wearing the power suit.
1: They're different power suits though.
2: They are slightly different. It's the different
0: like uh, I think it's the different accessories and it's a little bit different Mm -hmm.
1: undershirt.
2: Uh, Yeah, undershirt as well. But like I think it's the same coat and pants. Great. So, yeah. so And this is this is the only uh, time we will see this other candidate. She's not obviously not going to get the final job. So, don't get it. I wish you would. <laughs> who does? Oh, oh. boy. Uh, Gene, we then go over to Jeannie, who thinks that they need to arrange a liver biopsy for Mr. Lipson. Uh, turns out he's missed a few follow-ups with his doctor after his transplant. Uh, he was worried that his liver was rejecting, so he was kind of avoiding the problem. No. Just not talking to his doctor about it no news is good news as far as he was concerned Uh, and then we uh old man kason emerges (laughs) from his race of cave and uh joins the party uh shows up to talk to her about the little boy with the syncope uh turns out that the boy will need an internal defibrillator right away if the tests show positive for arrhythmia so uh he's Take a snapshot, take a, a mental image, because he's actually quite reasonable in yep, this scene. Like for three minutes. For for a one brief shining moment, Kacen's not a complete and total prick. He will ruin this within a matter of minutes. So, I mean, to be fair, there was a time when he wasn't a total prick, he was a total creep. True. Then, so True. Very true. I guess it depends on what you what your preference is. Pick your poison. Um, we then see Lizzie uh, checks out the guy that Mark has been bugging uh, surgery for. Uh, so that buys another twenty minutes for Romano here to to stall a little further. So yeah. which if you're keeping score at home, that is Clement von Frankenstein.
1: A.k.a. Mr. Darcy.
2: Clement von Frankenstein. Put some respect
0: on the <laughs> That's right. <gasps>
1: uh
0: but Mr. Lipson's been drinking.
2: <laughs> no. Nope.
0: Oh.
1: Jeez. So are we. Let's go. Yeah,
0: apparently. Um Um, But Lucy finished the vertigo workup and bought Carter a coffee because I was down there anyway. And Carter's like, bro, you don't have to keep doing this. Look, it worked for her once, okay?
2: She's just trying to survive.
0: Yeah. Uh, And the magician shows up to thank her for her treatments. And she asks Carol to help her with an IV on a gastroenteritis patient because she doesn't want to hurt a very tiny human. Um, Which is
1: fair. Yeah. Within reason.
0: And uh, Carol stands up and says that she needs to try which is also
1: fair. Yeah. Both
2: sides here have yeah. a point.
1: Like, Carol can come show her how to do it and walk her through it, but Lucy needs to be the guiding hand. Uh, but then Bo has left. He whipped past his security and went out to uh, have a great rest of his life and not do anything awful. <laughs> Darn. Um, Doug is doing an epidural pain block on Dana, and he probably shouldn't be doing that. I'm sure he doesn't have permission, and Romano comes in and immediately proves me right by chewing him out. Not great.
2: But yet, there's also not a ton of follow-up to this idea. No. Like, no, I, really, I really thought there would be more, like, parental, uh...
1: Yeah! Like, where are the parents for this parental thing?
2: Parental venom behind yeah. this. Especially he, with how passive-aggressively Dad, like, disposed yeah. of Doug. Or he early.
1: doesn't have parental consent to do this at <laughs> all! No! He we didn't don't. even have parental consent to be in the room. He didn't even... Yeah, he didn't even... He didn't even have parental consent to do the leg biopsy in the first place. Yeah. Doug, stop it! Um... But then, Lucy is messing up the IV on this poor little girl. Mom asks if she knows what she's doing, and as this is happening, um, the brother of the dead man asks Lucy where the heck she's been, and she, she runs to go deal with him, and um, as she's dealing with him, all of a sudden she's talking to him, and behind him, she sees that he, the dead body is in the hall under some painting supplies. So she stalls until the maintenance guys move everything, and then she's like, oh, look, I kept him right here.
2: So yeah, so that actually brings up a good point that we forgot to mention earlier in the episode, that one of the other wackity schmackity bits of this episode is that the walls of the ER at random spots are covered in graffiti. Yes. And that they just offhandedly mention that somebody on night shift it's like they're like those graffiti guys got loose and graffitied everything and so like randomly throughout the episode you'll see like throughout a window there'll be like just a streak of graffiti or like a weird little symbol and stuff like that it's kind of strange and like i don't a hundred percent know what the purpose of it is you know like i don't know because we see them throughout the episode like the painters but that's maybe that's the only reason for it is so that there's an excuse for people to be doing work in the er to hide this body Maybe that's it. Um because the ER doesn't really go any undergo any like cosmetic change after this episode or anything like that. Yeah, so it's, it's not really right. lasting. Maybe Jerry needs
0: to run a tighter ship on the night shift. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. But uh Randy's some rocking some mega earrings now. And uh judges Carrie for wearing a giant tacky scarf that she's wearing for the interview. She took off the coat. Those earrings have their own gravitational orbit. Those earrings are humongous. Those are those are very Randy earrings. Um Take that however you will. <laughs> um, then that awkward moment when Doug, Carol, and Carter all see Lucy failing in an IV.
2: Oh, sweet baby Lucy. I feel so bad for her. But at the same time, it's like...
1: It's gotta happen.
2: Yeah, gotta rip that band-aid off sometime. Kind of been a little bit of a breakdown kind of everywhere. Yeah, I? a little bit. I think failure at multiple levels
0: on that front. But Doug is very not, is very not happy that Lucy's uh attempting
2: uh dehydrated <laughs> i did like i did like the, I, I did like the take from doug and carter where carter's like Oops, this is a teaching hospital isn't it and like doug's like well yeah well i've just decided to make a policy and then he's like since when and the look on doug's face is like a, it's a very cluny smile like, it's not a doug smile it's a All very right. like a like, like you motherfucker like you, it's just a very sly little look and i i like it
1: Then I, I love how he's like first time for everything yeah
2: like, I'm, I'm kind of here for, like, second semester of senior year, Clooney, yeah. where, like, yeah. he knows that his, his ticket out of here has been stamped, and so now he can just, like, fuck around. Now I, he doesn't have to pretend. Just walk around. I have the house. Yeah. I'm here for it. But we go from there. We see Genie confronting Mr. Lipson uh, about drinking with his liver transplant uh, quite, quite pointedly here. says, so you drank through the first one they gave you, and now you want another. Yeesh uh says according to him now this is mr libson's account of events but according to him he had just one day of drinking because his son passed the bar exam and he wanted to celebrate uh so he's begging Jeannie not to report the drinking saying that if he does not get the transplant he will be dead within a matter of months Mm -hmm. uh but in happier news jerry's late i guess
0: (laughs) and carrying a plant (laughs)
1: It just gets weirder the further end of this little bit we get.
0: And why is he dressed nice? And why is he being prudish and telling Randy that she's underdressed?
1: And unprofessional.
2: He's, like, he's, what is this? He's trying to live up to his title, okay? He is unit service coordinator. He is not merely a desk clerk.
1: Is he aiming to be chief of the ER? Like, I mean,
2: There's all these amazing subplots that they could have done with Jerry. Not This is not me crusading again for the BDSM thing, but... Like there's all these amazing subplots they could have done with Jerry, where they could have made it that he interviewed for Chief, even though he's way out of his league.
1: I wish, I wish we had had the balls to ask Abraham and Ruby, but I also know that would have been a Thursday at Work question where he would have been like, I don't fucking know.
2: So yeah, so here's the major detour because this was one of the first things we ever brought up, and I think it might have been on the pilot episode. even. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. Like it, it was. was we, talk we, we, we talked about Jerry. We talked about Jerry, and we talked about the BDSM thing. So in prep for the Abe Ben Ruby interview we did, I went back and looked at all of kind of Jerry's greatest hits and stuff, and then I was like, okay, are I had to ask myself the internal question: Are we going to ask the BDSM question? You know, <laughs> are we going to do this? And so I went and rewatched the episode, it, or I didn't. I, I didn't rewatch the episode, the whole thing. I just watched the scenes that were germane to my research but it's a fantastic episode it is it's a fantastic episode i forget exactly where it falls in season eight but it's in season eight and it's uh is it secrets and lies? is that the yeah battle? i think it's a bo- yeah it's the breakfast club it's the bottle episode it's the breakfast club episode um and so the opening bit of that episode is where a dominatrix brings in a client who's in full gimp outfit, and it's a large man and they keep making reference to how large he is And so after reading through, after rewatching the scene, reading through IMDb and everything, I'm at least convinced that it is not Abe Ben Ruby the man in that, in that suit, what I'm not 100% ready to concede, and I will, I will concede that at least part of that is wishful thinking, but like, I'm not 100% ready to concede yet that we're not supposed to maybe think it's a possibility that it's Jerry as an audience. That's where I That's where I, I landed. Also because the guy desperately wants to keep his face mask He's on. He's so desperate to keep that mask on. Like, he fights so hard to keep that mask and I, on.
1: And I will also say this. If it had been Abraham Ben-Ruby in that outfit, I have a feeling based on how that interview went, he would have told us immediately.
2: Oh, sure. And and even, like, so when I was talking to Nurse Jen about that interview, like, I was, she asked that too. When I told her we were interviewing him, she was like, so you're going to ask him about the BDSM thing? Like, that was the <laughs> first thing she said. Like, she was like, are you going to ask him about the Gimsuit? And I was like, I don't know. I was like, it's the kind of. She's like, that's. I was like, he might not remember. There was a ton of episodes and stuff. She, she goes like, she was.
1: She people want to know.
2: No, she was like, that's the kind of thing you don't forget. Like she was like, you'll if he put on a gimp suit for work, he'll remember that. Like so, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. But I just like after rewatching the episode and making making it clear to myself that that's physically not him in the suit. I didn't feel I felt like that would have been weird to ask him about, you know,
1: after the fact. The writer's intent was the right because to he be didn't
2: Jerry. even. I mean, spoilers for that interview that won't come out for another month or two. But like, he wasn't even aware if Jerry was going to live or die after right. the events of you know season twelve finale, whatever that was. So who knows? So yeah. what happens next? Blum? Uh,
1: so Randy has done carry a solid and lent her her leather jacket for the interview. And, of course, as they're coming out, um, Carrie walks out in this fabulous leather jacket and they're all talking and she asks Mark if the pie charts were too much. And Mark's like, we wouldn't expect anything less, Carrie. Pretty much, I think this was exactly on brand for you. It's fine. So that's really cute. Um, Then we go over to Kason is now talking to the the mother of the syncope boy. And now he's a piece of shit. He can't get a test without the kid being on Medicaid because, you know, who's going to pay for it? And Jeannie scolds him for not doing the tests, because essentially this kid could die without treatment. He's like, just give him beta blockers. And Jeannie's like, no, that's not the same. You need to get this yeah. figured out. Kacen's like, we can't test. Nobody's going to pay for it. Fuck.
2: Fuck oh. you, Caseen. For-profit medicine. You gotta love it.
1: Woo! They'll do the bare minimum to sign off their liability.
2: Uh, yeah. And even more bad news, Bo is back. Uh, but now he is featuring a single gunshot wound to the arm. Guess the payback didn't go as uh, no. according to plan. No. Uh, Lauren, you have a, a beef about the films here.
1: Uh, it's been the same films in that room all episodes.
2: Same exact.
1: Film. They didn't even turn the room after Bo ran away.
2: Yikes! Well, maybe they just knew he would be back.
1: But they're still not his films. <laughs>
2: uh so carter is having lucy get a blood gas after she observed the one earlier in the episode he uh he did actually warn her earlier in the episode that uh you observe this one and then you'll do the next one so this shouldn't come as a surprise to her uh but it doesn't go very well and carol has her move out of the way so that they can get it faster uh, but Carter does actually kind of cut her a break here. He says those can be really tricky. Yeah. So he. But then. But then, uh, Lucy does finally own up to the fact that she's never started an IV when Carter is asking her to get a chest line in. Oh boy. And then uh, she runs away. Oh boy.
0: And then we go up to the surgical floor uh, where Romano and Corday are talking about her first
2: day.
1: You cost me a procedure.
2: Am I supposed to ask how? You were supposed to babysit that pulseless foot for me. Green let the radiologist set him. I didn't realize that was part of my job description. Hmm. Well, you're still learning. Mm Mm-hmm. How was your first day?
1: As expected.
2: You are either
0: a masochist or the stubbornest woman I've ever met, but I have to say I admire your
2: fortitude. I couldn't handle taking orders from a weasel like Dale. Is that supposed to be a compliment? Sounded like one to me. Oh, and you can wear
0: the long coat. It looks better on you. God, Romano, come on, man,
2: fucking pig. Just when you think he has a little bit, he's he's a little good, and then sex is big. Yeah. Just remember what I said on the season four wrap up when when Jake was complaining about Romano. Like, if you are waiting for that clouds parting moment where we will discover that he was secretly a good guy, like Scrooge has a heart and all nope. that, like that's never coming. That is never coming. There will be brief moments where he will show a shred of humanity and that's it. Like they will just I was gonna say alive. there
0: are things coming for him. Yeah. But <laughs> especially coming coming from the sky. Yeah,
2: there are yeah. big things coming for him, but like even in his moments of redemption, it's still fleeting. Like it's yeah. it, there's never you never build on. He's any he's
1: of very it. much a flawed character.
2: Yeah, you never build on it. Or just rampaging
0: asshole, but you kind of love to hate him. That's that's the whole thing. He
1: he's a perfect villain for the show. Yeah, yeah. he's a good heel.
2: Oh boy, gang! Yeah, we get what is quite possibly my favorite <laughs> moment of the episode. After this, <laughs> you know how much I love a good
0: sign so right. we highlight things so we normally highlight things like the day of recording. yeah usually a few minutes before yeah and <laughs> I highlighted this for Daniel immediately yeah,
1: after. We I'm taking notes and after we wrote down what this sign said Lizzie immediately goes put that in Daniel's color <laughs> because yeah. so, we we spent about three minutes trying to get a good oh, pause yeah. this
2: on was, this was like the Zapruder film we were going frame by frame <laughs> trying to get a good trying to get a good view of this sign so because we, we come out of the so to set the scene We come out of the trauma room mark and uh, the rest of the team are bringing Bo out of the trauma room and as they're coming out of the trauma room we get a nice flat shot of the wall outside of the trauma room and all you see is this black and white uh poster and it's a large but it's one of the larger posters i've seen um black and white poster of, (laughs) of a young black seemingly athletic you know Teenager. It, yeah, teenager i guess you know i was trying to think of a good word for you know adolescent yes based on um, the wording of the sign i'm gonna yes. guess adolescent. right he's holding a baby like a bag of groceries yeah like he's holding a baby just like not very nonchalantly like he's, not
1: he's holding it like someone who hates cats doesn't know how to hold a cat
2: <laughs> yeah like he's holding this baby very weirdly and it's got this white text at the top of it almost like a nike ad yeah and all three of us were like "Mm." we we kind of zeroed in on it on the wall of like that seems like a good sign like that seems like because we haven't had a good sign in a while up on the wall and so it took like like lauren said it took like three minutes and going frame by frame and trying to because it was not a very clear picture the the um the part of the door was like blocking part of the text so it took forever to decipher what exactly the text of the sign was,
0: and also Hulu likes to jump around like some more jump around versus like yeah trying to go line. frame by frame
2: on hulu is is not easy, uh but we did manage to decipher the text, and boy did we uh because this sign says having an unexpected child could keep you off the football team, <laughs> and once we <laughs> once we deciphered it like it was it like it took three minutes us to decipher it and it took an additional three minutes for us to recover because we were all laughing so hard it broke us we were all laughing so hard about it because it's such a tone deaf sign like it's so stupid
1: it's such it's it it, patriarchy
2: it's so fucking stupid it was worth the effort
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was so great it's almost as bad, it's worse than the the baby one that I saw the, in the other instructions
2: or whatever Yeah, these don't come
1: with instructions. Yeah, what's with all this, like, anti-child posters that they have in the <laughs> ER? It's all, like... It's all, it's
2: all that abstinence yeah, education, you Yeah, know? Like, It's seeping in from the suburbs. And,
1: but as this is happening, um, the paramedics are arguing about one side of why Bo... Ended up in the condition he was in, and the doctors and nurses are arguing on the other side. And, of course, middle-of-the-road Mark comes in as Carol and the paramedics argue and decide that, nope, you're both right. Go about your day.
0: (sighs) Great. Switzerland has arrived, folks, and his name is Mark Green.
1: (laughs) Yep. Just like Carrie called him out for. And then we have Benton with Reese up in his hearing therapy, for lack of a better term. And the, um, the therapist is like, Trying to, you know, stimulate Reese's attention and, you know, get him paying attention via audio cues by, like, having a little stuffed cat meow, having a little stuffed dog bark, and, like...
0: Very, very cute. Yeah. Uh
1: Yeah. Just trying, just trying to, you know, like, play, more like playing at Reese right now than playing with Reese, but she's trying to, you know, engage him. And then she has Benton try, and she says, he's got to learn to focus, you can't give him a break. He's not like other one-year-olds, he needs constant verbal stimuli. And Benton's like, he he's won. Give him give him a break. And she's like, you can't. He's got to catch up. You've gotta, you've gotta be diligent about this. And Benton's like, I I can't do this. And um, the therapist says, you're gonna have to because two times a week in here isn't going to cut it.
2: I should point out too that like Benton saying he can't do this comes after roughly ten seconds of trying.
1: Yeah. Like yeah,
2: yeah. Benton try like him being like, I can't do this is like, it, it to use a crass analogy, like it's like when dudes are like. Trying to put on a condom and are like, uh, can't, you know, like they tried for like five seconds and are like, no, can't, sorry. It's like, I I
1: can't get the package open. Yeah.
2: Like
1: we're just, we're, why
2: you bring
0: multiple.
1: We're we're a little blue today, guys. We're a little. We're all in
0: the same room. Yeah, we're
2: we're all in the same room. It's very warm in here. We're
1: all just really attractive in our pajamas, and like after (laughs) being together all week, we're doing a
2: real big like spread (laughs) on the train posture. Like we're doing the best we can.
0: It's okay. I'm gonna sneak in. I'm gonna sneak into our guest room later tonight.
1: Oh Jesus. (laughs)
0: Burn uh, Daniel Shirk. I was
1: real afraid shirt. of where that was going. Like, I was <laughs> like, I was like are we going to end also, the podcast after this?
0: Uh, bringing it, bringing the train right back around to the show. Do we think that the producers or you know whoever is making this scene, do we think that they know that Reese wouldn't react? Well, I mean, it's considering he already is a deaf child, right? So, do you yeah. think they know that he would
2: react that way? Yeah, I think at this point I I think they are like pretty well uh committed on this line of thinking. Like they I think they're they're fully on the like Reese is gonna be a deaf character. But
1: I think Lizzie means the actor, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well I mean if presumably here's my here's what i think happened and maybe it's not the most ethical thing but like i would think that they probably turned his hearing aid off that was
1: what i was just thinking was that's because he's
2: actually being. deaf so yeah. he's wearing a hearing aid in the scene but there's no no indication of whether or not it's turned on so yeah so i would they, think that's probably what they, they could
1: have very easily just turned it off not super ethical but you know
2: yeah child acting rarely is nope child acting really is uh so we go from there we find out Bo's mom is in chairs so carol goes over to talk to him or, or talk to her rather uh genie asks doug if he needs help with the peds as a full-time pa which doug is like i think i've burned up all of my goodwill with anspa but Jeannie's like i got full
1: like, I got this. I
2: comforted his dying child. That's
1: true. Uh, <laughs> Good bit I, of continuity. I love that she that she put that in. She's like, I got it. See, yeah. we're besties.
0: I'm terrible, and I th- and I would immediately think that she would go up with a boombox and just start playing time and just start playing time <laughs> <laughs> like and at yes.
2: and be like, here's what I need. You remember this? <laughs> I did that for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and Jeannie does, in fact, call the transplant coordinator for Yunos to talk about Mr. Lipson. So she does end up doing the right thing, even though it kind of sucks. Yeah. It's a shitty situation. And he kind of gives her a knowing look on the way out the door. Like, I know you're going to have to do this. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, so then we go up to the roof. We've been up to the roof in a while.
1: Nope. Time for somebody to have a little meltdown.
0: Exactly. So let's go up to the roof uh, where Carter finds Lucy. I paged you twice. I
2: don't want to talk about it yet.
0: Well, that's too bad, because I think I deserve an explanation. If
1: you want me to feel bad, I do. I'm really disappointed in myself.
0: You should be, and that's not an explanation.
1: I don't know how it started. I, you thought I could do it. I wanted to impress you, and it just spun out of control. I'm sorry. Just What, what did you think that you were going to accomplish? I don't know. I thought I could learn on my own.
0: Oh, great. You can learn on your own. We well, you don't need to be here, then. You endangered patients, Lucy. You
1: don't need to make me feel bad. I feel horrible.
0: Well, that would work if this was about you. But rule number one down there is it's never about you. You know what? Go home. Don't come back unless you're serious about learning something. And if you ever lie to me again, you can look for another rotation.
2: Okay, let's unpack this more shit. Yeah. So, okay. So, I actually...
0: I have to agree... With Jake Charles Esquire, <laughs> <laughs> attorney at law,
2: um, <laughs> licensed in the state of North Carolina. If you need legal representation, call <laughs> him. Um, I have to agree with him. Why was this
0: a storyline? It's my one like. It's my one thing that I really, really didn't like about Lucy so is just like why is this? How we kick her off the IV thing specifically? Yeah, it seems kind of yeah. a kind of a dumb way to um,
2: to go about yeah. it. I think they were probably, like, a little bit gun-shy after Delamico, like, of, we need to make sure that this is going to work before we really, like, commit commit yeah. to it, you know, and like, go all in with big storylines. And so, I mean, this is a nice way for, and it, and it, it does allow Kelly Martin to get across some She gets to show kind of her range of different things because she gets to do a little bit of funny stuff with this. She gets to do a little bit of the like stressed out med student thing. Like we get to see a lot of her like range in kind of a low stakes way because I do think because she got so much focus in the season premiere, I think it would feel a little bit forced if... They were just like immediately like no 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 this is the main character now we have to do everything through a lens of Lucy like I do feel like we needed to give her a chance to breathe as a character and step back a little bit give her a little bit of a smaller storyline to start with, but I agree though it is kind of a silly storyline that goes on a little too long
0: yeah like they they, they stretch it a little too thin If this would have been like a one like only seasons like not season one but episode one and like a little bit in season three and then and and, ever. An episode... God, I'm tired.
1: We, <laughs> but I know we, what you we mean. Watched, like, like, we one...
0: watched, like, miles and miles this weekend. A was... one
2: to two episode arc is yeah. what it deserved.
0: Not four episodes. Yeah. Have this moment, like, at the end of last episode. Yeah. And we would have been fine. And then people would have thought... Wouldn't have uh, apparently thought Carol was such a bitch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still think she's fine.
2: No. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I think she's, she's on the right. She's still pretty... For- she's forceful with her this episode. But again, she she's, needs that.
1: She's firm. She's not even... Yeah. Yeah. Like, she, no. She's... She... No here
2: fine but so okay so we all kind of again this is being the first time that we've ever all watched in the same room and it was kind of cool to see our fresh reactions to big moments within an episode immediately afterwards and this was one where we all sort of came away going this is uncomfortable like this is one that was like really uncomfortable to watch because and again we talked about this at season five episode one Lucy is a character that it is virtually impossible to talk about in a vacuum. She's a character we have to talk about the whole picture of because her time with us is so brief and is so important. You know, it affects not only her own storyline, but other people's storylines as well. And so, you know, we can obviously get into this in, in greater detail as we get closer to the middle of season six when she leaves us. But, you know, a big part of the reason why Lucy didn't last as a character was because... Kelly Martin had a kind of a shitty experience on the show with Noah Wiley. <laughs> like, yeah. Noah Wiley was, has gone on record personally now, you know, having said, you know, I, I, cause I don't even think Kelly Martin was really that public about it. Like, I think it was kind of him that brought it up or at least it, it brought it up in the greatest detail that we were aware of, um, that he was really hard on her, like really hard on her. And it's, it's almost worse now that i realize how young she was.
0: Yeah, didn't we say she was like she's early, 22 yeah early 20s? she's 22
2: yeah. and like there's so there's this guy and he's probably at this point i think he's in his late 20s at the early at, at the youngest and he's probably 30 by now um so that's you know it's it's hard to watch this scene now with that kind of hindsight where you go like oh shit part of the reason she leaves this show is because he's an asshole to her mm-hmm. and he's been a solid you know 90 seconds there however long that clip was just being kind of an unrepentant asshole to her and just really not only being an asshole but just talking down to her and like literally and telling her she doesn't belong here and like telling her that like uh. fit together or else. and it's just like it hits a little too close to home just, just a little so yeah that that was my big takeaway from it was like whoa this is really hard to watch knowing what we know about how what her experience was like yeah but there was also one other big takeaway from this scene. We might have a potential for the first time in a long time. A beltless motherfucker. I'm willing to concede to Lauren's point here that that we might we might be wishful thinking because it's Carter and Carter is a well known suspenders man.
1: Yeah, I just, I couldn't help but just think, you know, he's got to be wearing suspenders because we always see Carter in suspenders. Yeah, he's
2: got that that big long lab coat on and we never do get a good look at it. So we we, we couldn't confirm or deny. But We did
1: try. He's
2: definitely not wearing a belt. We can say that.
1: He is is technically a beltless motherfucker regardless of if he's wearing suspenders or not.
2: We just don't know if maybe he might have some suspenders that are doing the
1: he work. Could, he could be a suspender's jackass but he's still a beltless motherfucker.
2: <laughs> he's a suspender's jackass all the way through season 10. Yep. So. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's round off this episode with our last audio clip. Uh, Carol's in her backyard chilling having a beer next to a fire. What are you
1: doing back here? Waiting for the grill to heat up. it was a fend for yourself night. Yeah. I'm sick of Ben for yourself. I got us some steaks. <laughs> steaks sound good. You got another one of those for me? Yep. What's in the bag? Uh, it's a uh, pregnancy test. Are you sure? No need. I started my period. I guess I wasted 1750. Well I'll save it for next time. No, I'm kidding, that was a joke. We dodged a bullet there, didn't we? <laughs> yep. It's good, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Although all day I kept thinking,
1: wow, a kid, you know, that would really change my life. Our life. Change ours. Okay, our lives. That would be bad, right? You know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to joke about it. <laughs> Yikes!
2: Foreshadowing, yeah, foreshadowing. Like, hmm. Well, it's, so refresh my memory though. But when when Doug leaves, he doesn't know she's pregnant, right? I don't believe so. Yeah, because this is because if he does, this is sort of anachronistic, you know, because he's. He's all he's seemingly all on board here. It's Carol's yeah. the one that's like kind of got some reservations about the whole thing. I think
0: that's the thing is that she never tells him. I think you're
2: right. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And she finally shows up in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a surprise that would have to have been, like, hey, I'm gonna come live with you, cool. And he's like, hey, cool, great. You know, oh well, by the way, we have twins. Like, oh,
0: See, I I hate this. This is like the fourth time this episode. I keep thinking of Grey's Anatomy because the way they send <laughs> the way they send off one of their main characters in season sixteen is like, oh yeah, by the way, I have two kids. Like this woman, it's it's a whole thing. I'm not even going to go into it. It's feels yeah, so sad because I know exactly
1: what you're talking about, and I'm so upset about it. Yeah, it's, is it? Stay tuned
2: yeah. for Lizzie's spinoff. Podcasts about talking gray- in a room by yeah, herself. About, about Grey's Anatomy. It's the you. whole
0: thing from McDreamy to McSteamy and uh, Grey's Anatomy retrospective. I'm sure
1: it's already out there. That can oh, be, there's
0: tons of Grey's Anatomy. Podcasts. That can be your
1: oh. that can be your series when you get to pick. No, yeah, there
0: you go. For yeah, this oh, you're damn right. I'm going to pick out 22 episodes for
2: mm-hmm. us to of for us to watch.
1: Okay, what's... So
2: just, so overall thoughts on this episode? Hectic. Hectic very much, yes. Uh, I think that, like I said at the top, I think this episode is far more uh wackity schmackety and silly and just kind of just messy. It's, just busy, it's, messy.
1: Yeah. I've I've taken notes for messier, but yeah, this one was definitely up
2: there. And yeah. it's it it's a very strange pairing. Like it's a it's a strange double feature when you do three and follow it immediately with four. Yeah. But yeah, I think this might be one of the stranger two episode runs we've had in a while.
1: Yeah.
2: Of like the kind of uh normie level weirdness of three and then it gets like super kind of weird and esoteric here with four like i don't know it's
1: i'm i'm gonna give it a c or a C minus
2: yeah. Yeah, I'm in the I'm in the C
0: minus almost D plus range. It's just chaotic, it's weird, it that's very disjointed. Mm-hmm.
1: I thought there had just enough going for it where it's going to keep it out of the D range for Yeah,
0: me, but... it's it's borderline. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like if if it squeaks by with a 70
2: if it's yeah. if it's Everybody I think is doing a little too much
1: in yes. this episode.
2: like yeah. they needed to to shrink the focus a little bit, you know, like Lucy Lucy either needed to do the stuff with the dead guy or she needed to culminate the IV storyline, but doing both in the same episode is is a bridge too far. Jeannie needed to be involved with Mr. Lipson or the immigrant family. Yeah. And not both. Yes. Like everybody's doing one thing too much that it just kind of like creates this messiness. You know Benton, he's got kind of like one foot in the Lizzie storyline and one foot in the reese thing, and it's just like everybody's kind of weirdly overextended this episode. I would say if nothing else, I think Cordae has a really good episode. yeah, I think she's probably the the MVP of the episode. I would say yeah. like she has the most most coherent storylines and kind of gets the most to do that makes sense. Everyone else, it's just like they're just it's chaos, so yeah, but we get a good one next week,
1: so yay, yay.
2: Yeah, Lauren, what the listeners upset? to
1: <laughs> Brander W. starts us off on a high note with this. Oh, jeez. Ugh, Dale. What an absolute weapon, bellend, knobhead, wanker, and any other <laughs> British insults I can think of. He makes my teeth itch. Uh, uh petition for me to just get to say wanker on our show more
0: i think you should yeah yeah it okay. seems like a solid line of line of thinking if, if
1: i have Franners permission I will. <laughs> um she,
0: she's the only british
2: per, british person you would need, ever need she's permission the, keeper, the yeah. keeper of the wanker yep. yeah, yeah. probably not good in british culture Jesus, right? no. i apologize
1: uh, um, Lydia M says, "Is this the episode where Weaver borrows Randy's leather jacket for the interview because her outfit is a replica <laughs> from a Cosmo article? Because if it is, those scenes are gold." And agreed, Dale is the absolute worst. Yeah, Carrie doesn't have a bad episode here either.
2: Yeah, like, Carrie gets some fun
1: stuff to do. Yep. Uh, Bazinga Esquire on Twitter says, "Really great episode. The storyline with Lucy taking the body to the morgue was priceless. Corday starting over as an intern was very relatable." Got aside side with Carol on the gang member storyline. She did everything she could. And Baker Basic on Twitter says, "I love Lucy's story for this episode. You can see she tries really hard, but just misses the mark. Just like me, lol. I applaud Elizabeth for starting as an intern so she can stay in Chicago. And she gets put she gets put through so much. Not just here from now on, my girl. Corday can't catch a break."
0: all right well that's about gonna wrap up our episode for today thank you all very much for listening as always the show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at patreon.com slash Tone podcast for only a dollar a month you can get access to our show notes each week and for only five dollars a month you get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk jerry two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews and over 20 hours of bonus audio and video content of including the full season recap episodes a bonus show called The Line" where we talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives and the world in that moment. We will get back to those soon. It's just been a, very oh, chaotic, it's been a very chaotic couple months. Movie reviews where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member and flash forwards where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We'd also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at Set the Tone ER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash sign the tone podcast. And we are at Sight the Tone Podcast on Instagram. Also be sure to check out the official saying the it also be sure to check out the official saying the tone community on facebook our theme music is provided to us by andrew m edwards and daniel where can folks find you at
2: they can find me on instagram at dan.u that is y-o-u.el they can also find me on my other podcast the popular court with my co-host jake terrell where we do a different pop culture topic each episode and put it through a little mock trial. and lauren where can folks find you at
1: Folks can find me sharing pictures of our Chicago trip, projecting big Psyduck energy, and all otherwise just being a silly goose on my personal Twitter, at Lobob92345.
0: And you can also find me on Twitter, I am at RandomGamer, that's J 3 r as well as on the Popular Court's YouTube channel, doing a Let's Play of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. New episodes of that are out every Friday, and you can find those videos and much, much more at YouTube.com slash The Popular Court. Thanks again, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time. Have a great week.